So as the mother of a two-year-old, I think about literacy development a lot. And I know we get a lot of those questions in the community classroom as well about what parents can do at home to help a child develop great literacy skills, whether they're two, whether they're 10, or whether they're 13. Well, today's guest is an expert at just that. We are going to welcome Sarah Fernet. She is the Director of Early Childhood and Elementary Teacher Licensure Programs at Mount Holyoke College in South Hadley, Massachusetts. She is a teacher there. She's the Teacher Licensure Coordinator for the five colleges and one of the nicest and most brilliant people you'll ever meet. So welcome to the core. and today we're going to dig into children's literacy development. Hello and welcome to The Core. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Allen, the owner-operator of The Community Classroom, a tutoring and academic coaching center in Florence, Massachusetts that serves students in Western Massachusetts and nationwide. I'm also the 2010 Florida Teacher of the Year, an education nerd, the stepmom to four teens and mama of one toddler, a runner, a lover of dad jokes, and an educator for almost 20 years. In this podcast, we will answer parent questions about education and learning. Welcome to The Core. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to The Core. Hi, Megan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So we are going to dig into this idea of children's literacy development today. Don't worry, parents and caregivers. Uh, We're going to break it down and get right to the core of it. Uh, super simply. It sounds like a hairy topic, but Sarah's going to clear it up for us today. It's a small task, right, Sarah? Easy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have this, this question we're going to address, this parent question. What can parents do at home to support a child's literacy development? So first, Sarah, let's lay some groundwork. Uh, what are the stages of literacy development that our kids go through when they're younger? Yeah, so when we think about children and their uh, their developing literacy, I think first we want to define what literacy means, right? So when we're talking about literacy, we're talking about reading and writing, but also speaking and listening and viewing. Um, so there are all of these different aspects to literacy development that allow our children to become increasingly literate over time. Awesome. I think sometimes we forget about the speaking and communication piece. Yeah. And that is the piece that, in fact, parents and caregivers are doing every single day without even realizing it. Right. It's just embedded into all of those conversations that you have with children from the moment they're born. They're learning literally at the dinner table. Yes, for sure. (laughs) So what are those stages, Sarah? What what does a child go through with their literacy development? Yeah, so early on, children are developing the ability to speak, right, to listen and to speak. And, um, and I think that we, we naturally model those speaking behaviors for children when they're young, right? We know how to do that. Um, and then children begin to play around with written language. So they might pick up a pen or a marker or a piece of chalk and start making scribbles or doodles across the page. Um, and that, in fact, is communicating something really important, which is that they understand that the these squiggles on a page that writing carries meaning. At the same time, children might start 
telling stories or asking to hear stories over and over again. Um, so those are some really early signs that literacy is developing. Um, from there, often when children are about preschool age, um, they start practicing something called phonemic awareness, where they're playing with language and playing with rhymes, where they understand that the words cat and bat have something that is similar. And all of that is also laying the foundation for the reading that happens later on. Um, after that, children start learning some of the rules of our written language, which we call phonics. So they start to understand um, the different sounds that particular letters, written shapes, um, may carry. And, um, and that also is laying the foundation for the reading work that children will be doing later on. Um, and the reading and the writing are connected. So children might be, um, when they're learning phonics, might be understanding that um, the letter C makes the k sound, but they also might be practicing how to write the letter C or how to identify it. Um, and all along, we're also working to build children's vocabulary throughout all of these stages. Um, and, um, and then students move into the place where they're really focused on um, reading fluency and on reading comprehension, where they're working to make meaning um, of the text that they're reading, of the stories that they're hearing, of the shows that they're viewing. Um, so that um, is kind of the ultimate goal is the meaning making piece. And we're supporting that across all of the, um, the stages of development that children are going through, kind of keeping in mind that the ultimate goal is understanding, is being able to have joy and meaning and make connections um, with the text. Awesome, Sarah. As you were talking, I was kind of visualizing that as like a timeline, like this mm -hmm. kind of fluid process or journey. Yeah, um, what can parents and caregivers do? We talked about like the communication piece, but yeah. what can we do at home to support that development uh, and to assist whatever's happening in the classrooms when we send our kids to school during the day? Yeah, I think uh, the first thing we should do is celebrate all of the things that we're already doing, right? There are so many <laughs> things that parent and parents and caregivers are doing that are supporting children's literacy development. Um, so, so I would say step one is to really just kind of notice and celebrate all of the things that you're doing. As you mentioned, those conversations that are happening at the dinner table, um, the conversations you're having when you're walking around the neighborhood and um, perhaps pointing out and identifying different things that you're seeing on the walk. Um, when you're making a grocery list together and then going to the store and finding the items on the list, right? Those are things that you may already be doing that you can celebrate. Um, and, and then if you're wanting to enhance the supports that you can offer at home for your child, um, my advice would be to find things that are really fun, um, to have joy and excitement um, around the types of activities that you're going to incorporate into your day um, and to make them a routine element of the day. Um, so, um, some of the playful things you might want to do um, with younger early childhood or elementary age students might be to play rhyming games. 
because as we know, <clears throat> excuse me, rhyming um, is an important foundation to being able to decode text. Um, so playing rhyming games, singing songs, um, doing imaginative play, right? When we're asking children to understand that that letter C represents the K sound or that C-A-T represents an actual cat, right? That requires some imagination, right? So when you pick up a banana and pretend that it's a telephone, <laughs> you are helping that sense of imagination, right? If I can imagine that a banana is a telephone, I can also imagine that C-A-T represents an actual cat, um, so those might be some types of games that you could play and incorporate into your day. Um, also reading, sharing stories with your child. Um, and it may be in the earlier years that your children want to hear the same story over oh, and over and over, over and over and over. <laughs> Is there a particular book, Megan, at your house that you're reading over and over again these days? There are a handful. The Little Excavator. Mm-hmm. Um, Llama Llama Red Pajama. Yeah. Um, what else? We do a lot of Pete the Cat. Yeah. And when you're doing that and you're reading these stories over and over again, it allows children to understand the sense of story, to understand beginning, middle, mm. and end, to see that there's an arc to stories. Um, and then they may get to the point where they're holding the book, they're turning the pages, they're telling the story, right? This is all I really love that. important. <laughs> it's such an important foundation uh, for being able to eventually pick up a book and read it on your own. Um, making up stories is a great way um, to, to practice reading with uh, younger children. Uh, visiting the library often and picking lots of new books that feel exciting or going to a free library like you have in front of your business uh, to, to pick up um, a new book to read over and over again, um, I think is all a, a really helpful routine that you could add in. Um, I also think that having writing um, and doing that in a fun and exciting way with younger children is important. Um, so you might pick up a pad of post-it notes and decide that you're going to label the things in the room, right? Mm. So you see a chair, you write chair and stick the post-it note on it. And Love then it. you see a door, you write door and stick a post-it note on it. Um, and that is just helping children to see the connection between written language and spoken language. Um, you could write a letter and walk to the mailbox and send it to someone that you know. Letter um, writing is coming back. I know. I love getting a letter in the mailbox. Thanks, pandemic. <laughs> I know. Uh, one good thing that has come of it. Um, so, so those are some ways that you might incorporate writing um, into your work um, with your child as you're thinking about how to support their literacy development. But, but really, I want to come back to talking to your child. Um, and that really is the, the most important thing that you can do um, is to be having conversation often and to be expanding their vocabulary. And, um, and I think that that is the place to really put most of your, your effort and your emphasis is around having those conversations. I know one thing I've noticed with, uh, having discussions with my two-year-old is that if I don't dumb down the language, if I just use like normal adult language, like she picks up on it. Like we don't need to 
I don't need to talk to her like a child. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying like inappropriate language, but like the other day she's going to Nana and Papa's pool and she feels the water and she's like, Ooh, chilly water, you know, like using words like chilly and, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that the language that we use, they pick up on and we don't need to change our language just because they're five or they're seven. Mm -hmm. Um, We have things happening with literacy instruction in the classroom. Mm -hmm. How can we make reinforcing and assisting literacy development at home not feel like teaching? Yeah. So um, I think communicating with the school and with the teachers to ask them what you can be doing at home and how you can be helping um, is really important, right? Um, That the classroom teachers and the adult family members are a team and they should be working together. And that is going to require some communication. And the teachers may have very specific things that they think uh, would be helpful to practice Mm -hmm. at home. And um, so having those conversations would be really helpful. Um, But as um, as a caregiver, it is not your responsibility to teach your child how to decode, right? That is going to happen at school and the teachers are trained to do that. Um, your job, um, in my view, is to be providing the supports and laying the foundation. So helping to build kind of the sense of wonder and joy of books, helping to build and boost your child's oral code, their vocabulary, um, and, and making it fun and playful, playing with language um, are the things that you can be doing at home. Um, I had a very reluctant reader. Um, one of my children was quite reluctant. And um, so I spent a lot of time thinking about how I could make it fun while not being his reading teacher. Mm -hmm. And he did not want me to be his reading (laughs) teacher, right? He did not want me to teach him phonics rules, right? He was not at all interested in that. Um, But if we went to the library and got a book on tape and listened to it in the car and talked about it, he was really into that. Right. That didn't feel like I was being his teacher. It felt like he and his mom were listening to a fun book in the car. Right. Um, I also had to really think beyond um, kind of traditional storybooks um, with him because that's not he went through a period of time where that's not what he was interested in reading. Um, So instead, we were reading magazines We were reading comic books. Um, We were reading recipes, right? All of those things count, right? That is totally. Those are the ways that we apply our reading skills in our everyday life. And um, so so I really had to think beyond kind of um, what I was naturally drawn to, which was picture books or early chapter books as he was getting older. Um, I also discovered that, and this was all through trial and error, I really discovered that um, that he liked reading to our dog. So um, so they we developed this routine. He didn't really want to read out loud to me. That wasn't interesting to him. Um, but if he could curl up with the dog and a good frog and toad book and read yes. that book out loud to the dog while I was in the other room making dinner, he was really happy. 
It is a well-known fact that dogs love frog and toad books. Obviously, right? <laughs> um, so, so you know, it, it was also, it was just a matter of kind of trial and error and playing around with different ideas. As he got a little bit older, um, whatever book he was reading in school, I would get a copy of the same book and I would read it. He did not want to read it with me, um, but, you know, he would read his chapter and I would read mine and then we could have conversation about it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I could kind of gauge, did he actually read it? Did he understand what he read? Uh, we could make predictions together about what was going to happen in the next chapter and then talk about whether or not our predictions came true. Um, and so, so I just, you know, continued to find ways that would work um, with my reluctant reader. And then when those ways stopped working, I would look for a new way um, to, uh, to kind of be kind of part of the team that was supporting him in his reading development. So kind of synthesizing what you're saying, advice to parents, do a lot of investigating, a lot of listening, a lot of following your kids' leads, not necessarily what you like or what you want, but what your kids want. Mm -hmm. uh, make it joyful. Don't apply pressure. Uh, and think it's almost like teaching around the edges, right? Like this is the core instruction happening at school. And how can you support that lightly around mm -hmm. the edges at home? And I know if I were a teacher, which I am. So if I were in a, a traditional classroom still, mm -hmm. and I had a parent say, I would love to have the reading list so I could read alongside and support my daughter at home. Yeah. I would just be jumping up and down like, with joy. I'd probably yeah. be crying tears of joy and be like, yes, that sounds awesome. So ask yeah. your teacher, ask your child's teacher. Yeah. And the school actually sent home an extra copy of the books oh, when I communicated money. that that was our plan. <laughs> um, so, you know, two books would come home instead of one. And, um, and it really worked for us in those kind of upper elementary years. Um, this is making me think too, one thing that we like to do as a family that involves literacy is games, family game mm -hmm. night, when we can convince the teens to do it or bribe them. Um, we're, we're a Bananagrams family. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Are there go-to games that your family played that you would recommend for other families? Um, I honestly think that any game is a game mm. that is boosting literacy. That's so interesting. That's exactly what one of our other literacy experts said. Like, yeah. and she's like, Monopoly, you're talking about things. That's so interesting that you said that, Sarah. Yeah. So, um, and, and it's about like the engagement, right? And following their interests. So, um, you know, we have a shelf full of games, um, but, but I think there's a way to make any game um, really feel like it's, um, it's one that is supporting children's literacy development because we're thinking about all those different aspects of literacy, the reading, the writing, the speaking, the listening, and the viewing. And I think you'd be hard pressed to find a game that didn't have <laughs> several of those elements within it, right? So when you're playing Bananagrams, um, you're doing the reading component, right? You're also doing the writing component when you're thinking about spelling, right? So there's the decoding oh, yeah. and there's the encoding happening there. Um, and then there is the speaking and listening piece that's happening, right? When, um, when you're having conversation over the table about the game. And um, so several of the elements of literacy are involved in that particular game. 
I feel like that just took off so much pressure. (laughs) You want to make it fun and you want to celebrate the things you're already doing. You're doing much more than you realize, I would suspect. Uh, Piggybacking on what you just said, I love reading magazines and my dad still sends me subscriptions to all my favorite magazines, even though I'm 43 years old. So I have like Mm -hmm. a stack of Smithsonian, National Geographic, Kiplinger's. And what I noticed my two-year-old do yesterday was go over to that bin of of magazines, take Mm -hmm. one out, and then she's flipping through it and then talking about like the photos she's seeing in the Smithsonian magazine. But that makes me realize that as parents, we could probably celebrate too the modeling that we're doing because our kids are watching it. And they're watching what we do as readers and writers as as people that are literate. Yeah. And, and what your daughter was demonstrating there is so many different kind of concepts about print, right? So Mm -hmm. like the book handling skills of how to, how to hold a piece of written material, where is the front and where is the back? Um, How do you turn the pages? Are you going from left to right and top to bottom? Um, You know, do the pictures carry meaning? Do the words carry meaning, right? Um, So at two years of age, right, there are already all of these concepts about print and all of these um, understandings about books and how they work because she's been reading books on your lap and on the lap of other people that love her since the moment she was born. Yes. Um, that just gave me warm fuzzies. Mm. I little goosebumps, Sarah. Thanks for making me, for validating my feelings about being a reader and a parent. Um, so we have an ongoing debate in my house, with my teenagers, and I asked this to another literacy expert. Does TikTok qualify as reading? So I'm relatively, <laughs> I'm relatively new to TikTok. Um, and, and I joined it because one of the teacher candidates that I worked with last year was student teaching and discovered that um, making these short TikTok videos was a way to reinforce math, social studies, and literacy concepts oh, with I love students. It. Um, so I joined because I really wanted to be able to see these videos. Um, and so, so in that instance, right, where it was a video that was reviewing a particular literacy strategy um, or reviewing um, a particular uh, science concept, um, I think that there's a direct connection there. Um, but I do not know enough about <laughs> the world of TikTok videos um, to... Um, to have an informed answer. I'll need to do a little more investigation. <laughs> what do you think about that question? I feel like you gave a really safe answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll just leave a question mark after that one, <laughs> but I appreciate your thoughts. So Sarah, rounding up our interview, final thoughts for parents and caregivers about literacy development in our kids. Uh, I would say celebrate all the things that you're doing and doing well. Make sure you're having lots of conversation, right, at every possible opportunity. Um, Communicate closely with the educators at the school about how, um, how your child is doing in their literacy development and what you can be doing to support it. Um, and then if you're looking to incorporate new routines and habits, uh, make sure that they are joyful and fun. 
I feel like that's such a good place to end our interview. This idea of joy and fun. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me and um, have fun with all of your adventures in reading and writing and speaking and listening. All right. Well, thank you, Sarah. And thanks to our listeners. We'll see you next Tuesday on To The Core. Be well. Goodbye. Goodbye.